From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Heath West, a painter from Los Angeles, California. Everyone needs to be honest with themselves at the end of the day when you're alone. Like, what is it? What am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? Who are you? What do you want to do? Like, what what makes you you to contribute to the world? Like, what do you want to give to the world? Heath West is a painter with an extensive background in architecture, a subject he pursued and worked in professionally for several years before returning to his original love of art and painting. Before his recent relocation from Houston, Texas to Los Angeles, California, Heath sat down with Kevin and Joe to discuss the influence of architecture in his work and his particular approach to painting. Here's Kevin, followed by Heath. Uh, when did you first move to Houston, then, uh, permanently? Or how five years ago. How long? Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. it's been here about five years. and um, You went to school here, though, right? Undergrad? I went to U of H uh, for my MARC, and then uh, during one year I was in Vienna as a visiting student at the University of Applied Arts, so that was part of the uh, oh, cool. U of H program, and then came back, finished. They made me do one more semester at U of H. Jerks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah another, we're not going to count that. Yeah, yeah. you got to come back, finish out, like, okay. I mean, that's worth it, of course. But uh, so I graduated with a different studio, and um, and then then went to Columbia for the uh, AAD program, okay, uh, Advanced Architectural Design. And I graduated 2009 in the heart of the recession. Oh, yeah. great time! So, great time! Yeah, you know where I'm coming from. So many opportunities <laughs> in New York. Uh, you'd walk by one place, you'd see a restaurant, and you walk by again the next weekend. It's gone. Whoa! So, oh yeah, you see it all the time. Dang. Yeah, yeah. And real estate, like places, places just be empty. Yeah. And you go, wow, that place was just there, you know, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, wasn't a wasn't a place to to stay uh, long term. Oh, and, I tried. Yeah. I, I mean, I had interviews, and it's, your competition was. You know, so high. It's like yeah. 400 applicants for one position, that kind uh, of thing. Was your interest in painting something that had always been there before architecture yeah. and you returned <clears throat> to it or something that... Exactly. That's exactly what happened. I, I started making art in high school, mm-hmm. you know, art class, my favorite class. And I, uh, you know, that young, I mean, I didn't know what kind of artist I wanted to be then. Like we went to Cal Arts for the, like, do you guys want to go to art school? You know, you right. see artists, and then... We were, a friend and I were just kind of like intimidated by the whole thing. Yeah, it wasn't until later I just figured out what I really what I really like to do is just drawing and then painting and color and things like that. And so I um, actually came to architecture from art history. And hmm. so it's this big yeah. kind of loop where I've uh, incorporated architecture drafting into my artwork. Right. And um, just kind of made it what it is. And um, yeah, it, it's funny because I... Um, no longer practicing in architecture, mm-hmm. but I feel, I mean, I, I've always had a deep love for it because of space and design and material and, you know, atmosphere, texture. Yeah. Atmosphere precisely. Yeah. And, um, and I feel like I can do that with the paintings where I was able to do it in, in an office. <laughs> and I feel like there's that immediacy in oh, painting yeah. as well, where it's like, sometimes it's like, we're trying to, you know, really unveil an atmosphere somewhere, and it takes like you know years yeah. to finally get to something that we can respond to or see something experience. You know, exactly. And with with painting, it's I would 
I would think it's a much um, shorter, quicker, yeah, 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 a much shorter time frame to create something. If you have yeah. something you want to visualize and and make, and especially at the scale that you work at, it uh, like that was one of the surprising things when I saw your work at Dylan's office was just uh, you know some are uh, you know that you can you can get a, a feel for as mm -hmm. you know a real kind of small window into another world, and then there's others that are you know you literally are invited to walk into you know as a as a space exactly yeah you know. and that's the bigger uh the bigger ones are um yeah that's the thing they're more architectural and more spatial you yeah. feel like yeah you're immersed in the color yeah uh, that's the idea um the thresholds are kind of one-to-one -one scale you know like the painting right. or, or uh, a portion of it to where you feel like you could kind of walk into it. The dream of the architect is uh, um, you're creating is, we already talked about like, you know, atmosphere, but it's uh, the painting and that's where I think painting and architecture are related is that creation of a, a spatial atmosphere or mood. Yeah. Um, uh, I just watched a documentary last night on Neo Rauch, this German painter. But he's most famous for these large-scale, immersive, I mean, 12 feet by 15 oh, wow. feet. Oh, they're huge. Wow. They're completely immersive. But he, complete world. Like, the thing that he creates is, you know, the moody uh, sky and then the village. So he's East German, so the East German architecture you see in there. And then the characters that he paints. And so it's this whole scene, like you're, and they're so large that the people are like one-to-one. -one. Oh, and so Yeah, and so you're in there, like you're, you view these paintings and you feel like you're in this It's not world. just looking into a room, it's looking to a different civilization. It's, yeah, and that's what I, I mean, they're fascinating paintings. They're, yeah. they're so beautiful. I mean, his use of color, I mean, he's, he's a master. One of the, you know, living masters today. One, one of the things I was thinking about in your work at, specifically at Dylan's was, I, I was thinking of like, conceptually, is it the same room that you're uh, painting, or are they different uh, takes on the same room, or are they different rooms separated, or are they? Um, is it the same house? Yeah, you know, right, I mean, there's different. Right. Day, there's day and night, and, and there's a lot of different kind of views going on, mm -hmm. but. It is interesting, kind of, what's the story and what are what are you looking into when you're thinking about some of those? No, I'm glad you asked. It's uh, deliberately am ambiguous. It's uh, yeah. uh, I, I want it Love to be it. interpretive. Yeah. I want it to be uh, uh, the mood is deliberate, but I want the reading to mm. be ambiguous. Like I, right. I want it to be able to uh, anyone be able to approach it from whatever background they come right. from and have yeah. some reading that. Um, cause I felt like what I, the things I used to do a couple of years ago, I would uh, draw, put all the stuff in, you know, flowers, vases, books, like cats, like whatever, you know? And I felt like it was becoming too specific mm -hmm. and to where, um, it's not what I was going for or what I'm hoping for, mm -hmm. like, or to achieve. And that comes back to the, the conversation about spatiality and atmosphere. It's like, what I really want to do is set up like an empty space. Right. And so right. you think of. The, the one of the reasons why I love the Neo Rauch painting so much is that they're so immersive in this kind of uh, story of color and figure and such. But I, was, I always, well, I think to myself, like, what would it be like to paint one empty? Like to oh, have it just, just yeah. the scene, not the people, not the story, but what would his paintings look like 
as en- like an empty theater stage kind of thing. Right, right. And then so you get to tell your own own story. You get to create your own theater. Exactly. Right. In yeah. the backdrop. But so my my idea is more internal in the sense that the viewer you don't know if you're inside a space looking into another interior space looking outside or are you outside looking into a room then looking through right it's a subtle difference but it's i i try to put the the drawings diagrammatic enough to where it can be interpretive and to where oh this is a doorway is this interior doorway or is this you know Right. An exterior doorway, and then that kind of positions the overall uh, yin and yang, you know, kind of being of of the painting of a life. But it's kind of what um, I I would like the viewer to recognize that you're looking out. Right. You're looking through space out into the distance, and so that's a form of visual optimism, I guess, in a way. Like I, I would like to. You know, there's bright color or there's dark color because the dark colors can be beautiful too. Some bind dark colors are very beautiful. And um, how, how can those work together? Uh, the hardest thing I find is color restraint. Sometimes you have to completely sit on the hands. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And only work with one, like, base color and then one like a lighter color right. i mean that's right. it's hard it's really hard to do because you get excited as a you know you work oh, yeah. with colors like, oh this is great what if i had this color uh-huh. and then and then you come back and like, mm, maybe i shouldn't have done that well, no, it's, it's, yeah 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 i mean you, you see that in all kinds of design of, of a with color just our design you just people uh, there's a tendency to just continue to layer and layer and layer um and then you just kind of miss out on what the actual intent is. It just ends up getting muddied and you're not sure what you're looking at. But also just going back to, to the blank room, I think it's, it's fascinating because um, I feel like in, in architecture and design, sometimes there's architects that want to control everything about the space and down to the very last detail. But to a certain extent, it doesn't allow for the livability of the space. If if every book's mm-hmm. already programmed, if every sculpture has to be in a specific place yeah. for the photograph, and then it's it's where's the room for the person to actually live in the space? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. But then when yeah, when you put it on the wall, you're like, oh, this feels right. You know, you you like the the mood, the vibe that it that it is, especially um, yeah, when all the colors if it, the, the, it goes right, it happens to where they don't go right. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I feel like I'm more confident in it now than a couple of years ago, you, where you get too excited. Um, I mean, you know, some people use a lot of color, and mm-hmm. that's good for them. I guess it's just a personal sure. thing. Is I just restrain it. I like to restrain right. what I use. Um, yeah, you use a large variety of colors, you know, as a as a total work, but it, it's the restraining in the application in individual. Yeah, uh, paintings. Yeah, um, I tried to put like the color as some type of reference, like a, um, the burnt siennas are kind of a reference to the Renaissance painters because they right. uh, they use a lot of burnt sienna, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and they are, especially relationship to painting and architecture that time period has a very 
if you look at the Renaissance paintings, there's always a real intimate relationship between the building and the scene, like right. the, the the painting. Like is the Gothic. I mean, look at the paint, like the uh, the intricacy of the the architecture. Like it's like right. there's a real like love a treatment. It's like almost just as important as the you know the religious figure that's in, in the even in the background right? yeah like yeah. in the far distance there's something in the on the horizon or mm-hmm. you know that cuts the sky that is very mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so um you know i look at a lot of that stuff and that's you know our, our honeymoon in, in the netherlands and belgium we saw a lot of that stuff in person some mm-hmm. of it i mean oh man you just yeah. but those guys had you know, that's before the internet, it's before technology, and so like, what do they do? All they just had a workshop of painters, <laughs> you know, and so they divided it up. Instead of a workshop of architects behind, you know, their computers, there's actually people doing stuff with material. Yeah. Um, if you could pick a single theme that runs through your work, what would it be? Space. Space. Yeah, I would say space first and color second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It continues to to show up in different ways. As yeah, I mean that's that's what yeah the there are like an image it's of these thresholds. Mm-hmm. You know, you have one in front of you, then there's the middle ground. There's a clear you know floor, and then the window frames and the outside. And so there's these layer. If you were to do an exonometric of it, like you could plot it out. Like there's these different levels of space, right. and that the Try to be economical with the line work to, to reduce it down to the, the essential. Early paintings I thought had too much stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And so when I emptied it out, right. even a landscape line, like a hill line, like to make it jagged like a mountain, like I just, just put it a straight line, just reduce it because mm-hmm. it's about the horizon line. It isn't necessarily about the mountain, but it's a, for me it's the horizon line. And so uh, if you reduce it to the most essence, <laughs> essence exactly yeah. just a straight line i feel the more constraints you have the sure. better the work will be what uh, what, what do you find the um, the biggest joy of what you do and the biggest the biggest challenge of your painting um, of your work? Uh, the big, well, the biggest joy is definitely the actual act of making it and painting and putting the color on the canvas. For me, that's the pure, like, oh, this feels so good. Like, yeah. And then you're seeing it happen and seeing the color. Like, um, yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely, I mean, part like a major part of it. Mm-hmm. Another part of it is seeing other people get enjoyment too. Like when it's done and you, you listen to other people's reading of it. I mean, that's great. Right. It's... Uh, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, a major factor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think what, when the worst part is <laughs> the corner condition, when, it go, when it's lopsided, <laughs> when I have to redo it. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a, like, when you put it on the wall, you're like, Ugh, like what went wrong here? No. The physical, it comes back to the material, physical thing. Yeah, I've bought wood that's warped. You know, mm-hmm. wood to make the frame, the stretchers. And you're like, oh man, like this, I can't even use this thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, sh- I should have just been more careful when I picked it up at the lumberyard. 
Um, so it's foundations that come back to you. you yeah, no, it's true. It really is. And that's the, again, it's like the same kind of thing of, of parallels of architecture. Like you gotta make sure you start right. Uh-huh. <laughs> start. Yeah. That's why I, like yesterday I did like all these cuts and then sanding and it's like, so prepare it all. It's like, okay, these are all good. Each step. You just, I find if you go slower and take a little more careful, then it's, it's worth it in the end. Yeah. yeah. What's that? Uh, the measure twice, cut once. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. It's that rule. Any advice for our listeners on how how they can follow their passion and be true to yourself? I think is a, a very important one. I think that's number one. It's actually really hard to do. I think. I think mm-hmm. uh, everyone needs to be honest with themselves at the end of the day when you're alone on the toilet. Like, what is it? What am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. And that's a big. That sounds like a totally cliche thing to answer, and I think it's honestly the truth. It's like, uh, who are you? What do you want to do? Like, what what makes you you to um, contribute to the world? Like, what do you want to give to the world? Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. Um, and I think once you know that, like, what is it you actually enjoy doing and what do you want to share with the world, then I feel like your work will be good. Whatever it is, if you're an architect, musician, painter, mm-hmm. uh engineer whatever it is doctor you know, pick mm-hmm. just pick one <laughs> yeah. pick whatever it is that makes you you that you're passionate about that you care about that as, as a human being you know and then put that work out into the world the best way you can mm-hmm. um that's number one that that's the <laughs> that's, that's a great. moral kind of philosophical thing um but then i think um I would say just think critically every step of of the process. Know when you're like, okay, I'm screwing this up. And the more I'm working on it, the more I'm screwing up. Like, let me just take a break, you know, go for a bike ride or go have a beer, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come back to fresher eyes and try to then focus on the work again. Um, I think that and also um, knowing history I think knowing history is important. I, I, I am always skeptical of people who don't care about history. <laughs> always be, you know. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, you got to know, know your culture. If you're an architect, I mean, I think you should sincerely care about architecture and design. Work on your projects and make them good. Craft, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. It all goes. It all applies to painting too. The same. <laughs> the same rules apply yeah. to painting. I'm just using architecture as an example because we're we're in an architecture office talking about architecture. Right. Right. Good deal. Yeah. All thanks, right. guys. Well, yeah, thanks for having thanks. me. Thanks, Heath. To learn more about Heath and to view his work, visit heathwest.net or check out his Instagram, Heath underscore West. A special thanks goes out to our guest, Heath West, to our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to everyone out there listening to Season 3 of Spork in the Road podcast. This episode was written, produced, narrated, edited, and music by Scott Barden. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects and the podcast, check out riversbarden.com.